Welcome to Real Everyday People, an Eladio Nino podcast. You either die the hero or see yourself become the villain. See too many dark nights and light the way you're living. They got me living. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is the El Nino podcast. I'm Eladio Nino, and this is Real Everyday People. I want to thank everybody for tuning in, for sharing, for subscribing. I appreciate all the love and all the support. Um, so man, I just today, man, I got some bad news, man, about my homie Paul Pena, man. Uh, he's been in prison about thirty years, and um, you know he he was dealing with some health complications, man. And I mean, this brother was a true brother, man. He was a solid brother, man. He was good people, and he held it down for the Latino community within them walls, man. So uh, you know, my condolences to his family. You know what I'm saying, and uh, you know, God rest his soul, man. But um, I hope everybody had a safe weekend. Uh, it was pretty fun, you know. For me, I stopped over there at the um, at Chicano Fest at the uh, uh, Michigan Squeeze Station over there. It was pretty cool. Uh, I've been to the Southwest Fest that they've been having. Like I've been going to all these events that they've been having locally, and just you know supporting local businesses, and then you know just networking with local artists and stuff like that, meeting good people, um, you know, who are talented in many different forms. And uh, and I just think that you know, like they say, man, your net worth is determined by your network. And I'll tell you what, this networking is awesome. And uh, I just gave a guy, uh, David Southwest Z, I gave him a tour today of the DHDC. We're going to get together, work on some things, man. But, you know, I always tell people, man, it's important for us to be able to unite, you know, meet each other in the middle, come together and move forward together. But um, today we got a special guest that came on. Um, her name is uh, Marie Castle. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Thank you. So Marie came on the show today. And uh, she's here to share the story and advocate for, for the brother, uh, Wilson Rivera. Uh, Wilson Rivera has been gone 28 years now, and uh, he's been gone since, what, 1994? Yep. Okay. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a long time, you know, his whole life, you know, in, in prison. And as you guys can see in the pictures, uh, you know, this was 1994. He was carrying his daughter, and now his daughter's 27 years old, and now he's carrying his granddaughter. But, um, you know, we're going to have a conversation with with Mr. Rivera when he calls here in a little bit. So that's definitely we're having an exclusive phone call from prison. But um, to be able to fill all the gaps and for any questions, if you guys want to call in on a hotline, if you guys got any questions or comments. But um, Marie Castle, she's going to be here. She's going to be with us. And she's going to she knows this guy's case inside and out. And um, she's going to be able to break some things down for us and bring some awareness to his case and to his situation. So if you're, you know, in, in the field of, of helping for, you know, criminal justice or, or whatever it may be, or you know somebody that is, you know, I ask that you please, you know, listen to this case and see what you can do to help us out. So um, before we get started, though, and talking about uh, uh, Wilson Rivera, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Marie. Like, where are you from? Where did you grow up at? So I grew up in Southwest Detroit. Um, most of my life was on Logan and Springwells. Um, I met Wilson when I was about 13. I think he was 15. And okay. we were kind of each other's first, like, real boyfriend, girlfriend kind of thing. Um, but, you know, we were real close. We've, we've always, I've always remained close with my family. His mom's a really important person in my life. She's mentored me over the years when I was a kid and still today. Um, and... I really, you know, I, I love my city. I feel like to a degree, um, I, I escaped a lot of things um, there. 
And, you know, it could have been any one of us where he's at, um, any one of us dead, any one of us strung out on something, you know, we all know where we came from. Um, so, um, was a teen mom, pregnant at 16, moved out, been on my own ever since. And I just like, you know, I like, I like reaching back. I like, you know, helping people that are from where I'm from and, and elsewhere, you know, and anything that I could do to motivate someone or help someone or give a hand up. Um, that, that's kind of what I'm about. That's so dope, man. That's really beautiful, you know, to grow into that person because everybody don't grow that way. You know, a lot of people go through some things, you know, childhood, adolescent, and they carry them resentments. They carry them burdens into their adulthood, and then they pass on the same baggage to their kids, yeah. and then it becomes generational, toxic, you know, unhealing trauma that, you know, people are carrying. So, um, you know, I think it's it's great that you had reached a point where, you know, you learn from your journey and you uh, utilize what you learn from it to educate and empower other people, you know, and that's very important. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, you know, even being pregnant at like 16, like, what is that like, you know, um, what was that experience, you know, for you, for your family, you know, for your parents, you know, and then you at that age, I mean, you're 16 years old, you're giving birth to a baby, you know, and, and like, you know, men got it easy compared to how women got it, you know, <laughs> for real. Like, yes. like, you know, prior to me going to prison, I served 17 years. And prior to me doing that, like, you know, I just I was not taught right, you know, of, of being man, a man, a man values, you know, and um, not to say that I didn't have values, but I just had a lot of the wrong ones. And um I felt like as long as I took care of my family, like I was being a good man, but um, I never took time to get to know, you know, my daughter's mother or my son's mother. Like, you know, I just was, you know, okay, he's calling now. That's cool. You wanted to plug that in, but just learning though, learning to be a good man and you know, what defines a good man and what right. he does in his life and, you know, getting to know my wife and getting to know women yeah. and what they have to go through with their monthly cycles and giving birth. Like, I'm like, man, like, I don't know. Like I salute women. I don't know how you guys do it, how you guys go through it, you know, and I'm older now. So I know how important it is to get to know a woman and, right. and, and her ways and how they live and stuff like that. We're going to plug this in for everybody. We got Wilson hey. Rivera on the phone. Hey, we're about to plug And we're gonna let uh we're gonna let him talk to, to us. Okay. And if you guys got any questions, man, call in on the hotline, man. If you guys got any questions or comments. Good. Wilson, what's up, brother? What's going on with you? Wilson. Hey Wilson, can you hear me? Oh, zero one two eight. I'm saying live. <laughs> we have to change it. We have to change it. Zero one two eight. Zero one two eight. Nine four. Well, gonna have to come up with a new one of those. Hey Wilson, can you hear us, bro? Oh, okay. Well, he'll have few minutes. Yeah, they won't let him call unless he finds a way to do it. The machine won't let them call. Yeah, because you can't push buttons and stuff when you're calling, mm -hmm. right? If you push a button, it'll say it'll hang up That's on you. That's why. Because they think you're trying to do a three-way call. Yeah. I'm saying, are we going to be able to do that? Because be all right. for the next one, though, call. for sure. All right, bro. Call on the next one. Because if not, bro, I don't want to risk it. Because, they listen, they right. have to wait another 15 minutes. Okay. 
You know, yeah. I would, if anything, I'll put yeah, it up to the mic and let him talk, bro. Yeah, this is all part of the show. People need to know the struggle. Shit, what you mean? This is all part of the struggle. But yeah, like like I was saying, man, just, you know, you know, the things that women have to go through, like, you know, motherhood, giving birth, going through the cycle, just, yeah. you know, even the things, uh, you know, especially in our community coming where we come from in urban cities, like you got a lot of single mothers and, and you know, they have anywhere from one to five to six kids and, and, and they raise yeah, them five, all, though. Five single. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like shit you hold a baby for two hours most men you hold a baby for two hours and you ready to give it back real quick you yeah. know so or you, you know babysitting how do you babysit your own child i never understood <laughs> that if i have the kid i'm taking care of my kid if you have the kid you're babysitting <laughs> what is that yeah. but yeah it was it was a, it was a lot um i really for me getting pregnant at 16 it woke me up it made me like okay game over time mm -hmm. to get serious so it was a blessing to me in that way that's what you know shook me awake and made me get get real um into progressing in life and um i knew my parents were going to kick me out my mom and my stepdad so i um i had stayed started saving money in this like cookie tin you know oh yeah and when i told my mom i was shaking so bad i just knew it was how it was going to go down and the first thing she said to me was stupid and i was like well that's what i needed to hear right now i'm already feeling pretty stupid you know what i mean mm -hmm. and um then uh, my stepdad said, well, you got two choices. You can have an abortion I'll pay for and we'll forget it happened. Or you can be gone by the time I get back from up north after this. Gone. I got home and I, my uncle owned some rental properties and he put me in this little hole in the wall rental property on Lane Street. I didn't have a bed. I didn't have a refrigerator. I didn't have a stove. I lived there for a while without any of that. But I worked. Mm -hmm. I finished, graduated on time. And I was determined. Matter of fact, when I was with Wilson, I ran away once. I ever ran away. <laughs> and you know what I took with me? My book bag. I went to Cast Tech. My book bag, a photo album of my family, and some clean underwear. <laughs> because, and my parents didn't even know to look at school. They thought I wouldn't go to school, but I, I went. I knew how important wow, that education was. My mom dropped out in the 10th grade, you know. Who taught you that value of education? Is it something that you just picked up along the way? Or was there somebody in your family that molded you to that? dad always talked about education like it was important and talked about how he was going to be a lawyer but he chose to go to wayne state and was lived over by the number streets you know butternut and all that he got wrapped up in heroin and doing stuff like that mm -hmm. he didn't but he always instilled in me that it was important and honestly watching women in my life to be dependent on men and staying in situations that they didn't want to be in i was like i'll never be Listen, I just, I got to go back for a quick second because, you know, just like I'm talking about, you know, men and women and like the insensitivity of your father to say that we, we can just go ahead and get this done and move on and forget about it. Like, mm -hmm. like a man don't have to worry about that. You know right. what I'm saying? You get an abortion, a woman emotionally and mentally has to bear that. And you know physically. what I'm saying? Physically. Yes. 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 As well. I mean. You even risk giving birth in the future, you know, when you are ready or you yeah. are prepared, like women who, you know, have had that done. And some women have had it, you know, abortions multiple times and then deprive themselves of the privilege, you know, to be able to give birth. But just to even I'm looking, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm looking. Do you you know how to. Yes. OK. <laughs> no, I'm saying how to answer the call from the. Yeah. OK. Press zero. Yeah, he was in prison too. <laughs> I 
I'm not making assumptions here. I'm not prisoners. I'm making assumptions. I think uh, what it is is that JPEG, when they heard that you were going to patch through, probably boom. I don't know, bro. I just want to. Well, if know. it doesn't work, we'll just put it It'll up work. for the microwave. I mean, microphone. <laughs> In the microwave. <laughs> yeah. But, so you know, even even that. like, you know, so for your father to say something like that to you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, nobody's perfect or nothing, but I'm just yeah. saying that that just comes to show you how men, you know, are insensitive to, you know, to women and, and their you know, their growth and their processes and the things they have to go through and the decisions, you know, that they have to make. Because no matter if the man stays, if he claims the kid or not, you know, women still got to, you know, take care of their child and nurture their child and raise their child. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah. you know. Well, um, that child is 27 now, married and got two of her own kids. She's a graduate of the University of Michigan. Wow. She has her degree in cell molecular biology. Does all kinds of research and stuff. So that's that's an odd beater right there. Um and, wow. and you know, my my stepdad, he's calling again. My stepdad, um he's very close with her now and he's told me with tears many times, I'm so glad you didn't you know, but not, I can't say in his defense because I'm not defending that, but it was devastating. And he just wanted it to go, you know what I mean? Okay, yeah. So um, he even talked about, you know, wanted to blow his own brains out. He failed me. I watched her so wow. close. How could I, you know, and he did. He did a lot. He tapped my, our phones. He followed me, played, like he mm -hmm. tried. But you going to do what you want to do, you know? Mm -hmm. And especially when you have brothers like him being influential to you. Come on, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> No, it was not. I'm going to tell you, this is one thing I'm going to tell you about him. And this is the honest truth. Mm -hmm. He was 15 years old and the most respectful. In fact, I would have never dated him if I wouldn't have chased after him. Because he was like one of the only guys from the hood that paid no attention. And I was like, who is this guy? How come he don't pay no attention to me? You know? <laughs> and I literally had to chase him for weeks before he would even give me his phone number. Wow. And of course, he's glad he did now. But um, yeah, he was he he was it was nothing like that. Yeah, always been. And still to this, day, to this day, not oh, only God, respectful, but very well respected. Loyal you know what I mean? And uh, very humble, a uh, very intelligent, very, very educated brother. What's up, brother? What's going on with you, Wilson Rivera? Yeah, what's going on, bro? I apologize Man, you already know it's always some type of technical difficulties going on, man. But, man, I'm glad that you called, man, and we figured it out, man. You know, where there's a will, there's a way, baby. We're going to make it happen. So, uh, so hey, you got the platform, baby. This is all about you, man. And, uh, you know, I've been sitting here building with, uh, with, uh, with your friend Marie, and uh, she's solid, man. You know what I'm saying? And... Uh, yeah, definitely, you know, sharing her story and how you guys, you know, met, you know, when you guys were younger. And, um, you know, I'm just grateful that we got the opportunity to be able to, uh, you know, put put your case out here, man, so we can get some help to get you home, bro. Oh, man, ain't no doubt, man. And I, and I appreciate that, man, because I'm going to tell you, bro, it feels good, man, to finally, man, be able to put my voice out there, man. I got 28 years, and I, I can't hear it. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, we got you. And, you know, I don't know if people realize, but this past Wednesday, I just completed 28 years of being wrongly convicted. You 
your history with the Detroit police. You know, I know you said yeah. you were young and you were in and out of trouble a little bit. And uh, I want you to talk about that just so people get the picture, you know what I'm saying, uh, of, you know, the whole situation, how you had broken down yeah. to me. And, you know, some of the local officers and gang task, uh, gang squad that was around yeah. back in them days, you know, because since we've been gone, bro, like, you know, they done, they done indicted a lot of these officers on wrongdoings and, and all that stuff, covering stuff up, lying, you know, tampering yeah. with evidence and all that stuff, man. And so, um, and, and that, that that's uh, and that's another good point because, like I tell people, listen, I, I have a history with the DPD. I'm from Southwest Detroit. I've been involved in gang issues since the late 1980s. I have a history of confrontation with the DPD. I have never denied these factors, you know. Nor do I regret it because I think that this is part of my trajectory in life. But what ends up happening is that in 1991, I was 16 years old. I, end, I shot at a, pol a police officer from the 4th Precinct, and when I got arrested for that case, I pled guilty to the case, and in return, I was sentenced to the juvenile system for two years. I was released in 1993, and according to what the DPD knew, the last thing that they knew, I was supposed to be getting waived as an adult. I didn't get waived as an adult because I pled guilty. So when I came out in 1993... They automatically, the first thing they thought was that I escaped from prison, which I hadn't. And when they looked me up in the computer, they found out I was legit. But that began the journey, my, my a steady flow of confrontations with the DPD, fourth precinct, and the gang squad division on, uh, as well. And who were some of now, the officers back then that you were dealing with? And that, at, that, at that time, uh, Packer was the major officer involved in, in this case and when I was younger. A lot, I had a lot of issues with Packer, and Gerald Packer. Packer was gang squad, right? Yep. Yes, sir. He, he, was, he, was both. he was and Hughes. It's exactly. And and uh, Saldana was his partner as Saldana. well. Um, the officer that I went to shoot, that I went to juvenile for shooting, that also worked at the Fort Precinct was Ayala, uh, Pampa. All these officers were in in a group basically. And if you've seen one, you've seen them all because they all behave the same same way. You know, we they they were they were known for putting their hands on us. Uh, they would arrest you. Their philosophy was. 
that if they could get you off the street for at least 24 hours, right, whether they arrest you falsely for disorderly conduct or loitering, their philosophy was that they, according to what they told me against me, was that they didn't have to worry about me shooting at them for, for at least 24 hours. You know? Yeah, and so, wow. what, yeah, and, and, and this is the thing, when, when we actually look into this whole situation, because this is something that's been going on with the DPD for, for decades. It's not just something that happened with me, but I can only speak as to what happened in my case. What did they you charge know, you they, with, bro? Um, they charged me with a double homicide, two, first, two counts of first-degree murder. And what did they sentence you to? Uh, right now, they sentenced me to two terms of life without a possibility of parole. So did they convict you under any type of DNA uh, um, evidence or anything like that? No, there was, there was no DNA involved in my case at all. Actually, the whole case was circumstantial. They didn't have no actual proof or actual evidence against me. Um, as a matter of fact, in their ways, the DPD even botched the investigation because there were shell cases that were found at the scene of the crime. There was evidence that the perpetrator touched the door jam, and there was a shoe print left at the front door. The DPD didn't do nothing with this. They didn't bother looking for no uh, match to the shoe print. They didn't bother dusting the shell cases or the door jam for prints. And as a matter of fact, even though I was arrested hours later, within 24 hours, they didn't even give me a gunshot residue test. They gave it to the sole survivor. Instead of giving me one, something that could have proved my innocence, they gave it to the sole survivor. And they're saying that you were the actual shooter that killed these people? They say, they're saying that I was the actual shooter. They're saying that I was the one who did the murders. So you should have been the main person that they would have gave that uh, that that uh, test to, to check for yep, that the residue. Gunshot, the, yep, the gunshot residue test should have, I should have been the primary individual. The very first person to receive it should have been me. And not, and not just that, not just that, but here's another thing. Uh, uh, weeks later, they, ar uh, 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 they arrested a, a different su suspect, gave him a polygraph test. This person fails the polygraph test, and they still let him go and don't even bother investigating him. And he fit the description. Wow. So you think... They didn't you, even give so, me one. So the police had it out for you because of the encounters that you had. You had, you know, you were a juvenile. You got yourself in trouble. You had shot at the police before. You know, you were involved in gangs and all that stuff. So they had it out for you, and you and you and you're saying that they just wanted to get you off the street, so they pinned these murders on you. Oh, there's no doubt about it, bro. There, there is no doubt about it. You know, they, they get this whole thing of being tunnel vision. When Packard, when Packard heard about the issues, he set out and he was gonna get me to come whatever made. He was gonna make sure that I was gonna go down for it. There's no doubt in my mind about that. And if you look into the case, the circumstances of the case, the evidence that they had or the lack thereof, you will see exactly what took place. You will be able to say, you know what, like today, they will not be able to convict nobody under the, the flimsy evidence that they had against me in 1993. In Detroit, you will not be able to convict nobody with the evidence that they claimed they had against me. You had, they had one, one witness against me. Because you, listen, he bro, you already know, we both know that, you know, that, that we, that everybody that's in prison or been to prison, that everybody claims to be, you know, innocent and this, this, that, and the other. But, you know, technology has come a far way. You know, criminal justice reform has come a long way. And, you know, a lot of people are discovering the truth about things. You know what I'm saying? You know, what's done, like we said, what's done in the dark always comes to the light, bro. 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I want to see yeah. you back home, bro. I want to see you come home and and live and live your life, man. You know, I know Paul Benya just 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 passed away in there. You yeah, know, he rest did. in peace to his fam. I mean, you know, condolences to you know his family. But um, you know, yeah. I I, I want to see you come home, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, and and, I, and that's the thing about it, bro. And I appreciate that, and we appreciate your listen, listening audience as well, man. Because like I said earlier, bro, it feels good to be able to finally put your voice out there. Um, like I said, 28 years now, bro, and it hasn't all been downhill for me. I will admit that. You know, I have been able to turn something that was negative into a positive. Uh, right now, I have just recently um, achieved um, my associate's degree from Calvin University. You know, um, and, and this is from somebody, bro, who the highest grade I completed was the seventh grade. I've never been to high school a single day in my life. And my GPA right now is 3.9. Man, You know, bro. and so, it, it, yeah, so it, it hasn't been all downhill. Um, but I'll tell you, by the same token, the way that things were being done back then, the, uh, the amount of corruption that was out there, this has to be addressed. And I always said... So could DNA, that, can DNA clear you, though? Or there's this is not a DNA-based case? This is one of the instances where I would have to say, unfortunately, this case does not have any DNA. You know, this is um, this is the reason why a lot of these places don't take my case, because um, the, the um, wrongful conviction places, because what they're looking for is DNA evidence. My case has nothing to do with DNA. It, like I said, there was actually no evidence in this case at all, you know? And so, wow. because it has no DNA, wow. yeah, it has no DNA, it's difficult for me to be able to get this attention or the support that is needed to get this, this case reversed. So where are you at right now with, with your appeal? And what is it um, that right you now, need from us? Right, right now, I'm at the... Um, preparing to do a 6500 motion for relief of judgment in the lower court which is the trial court where we went to trial at um and here's where we're going to give an opportunity to present to the judge um the evidence that we've uncovered throughout these years all this new evidence uh uncovered that we've uncovered all these new affidavits that we've been able to gain um these documents that we've been able to gain as well we put it to the front of the judge and, and with the hope that the judge will see what actually happened and, and just actually correct this injustice are, are these officers that are involved in your case, are they still alive? I'm assuming they're retired if they're not, if they're still alive. Some, some of them are still alive. Um, um, they are retired. Um, so, but I know that some of them are, uh, Packard, uh, Packard is um, dead. He passed away uh, several years ago. But uh, some of the other officers are, st are still alive. And, and what I can ask is this. I ask the public, the listening audience, to help bring attention to this case. Um, we have websites going on right now. We have a petition on the website. We got rallies that are going on right now on the 14th of October. There's a uh, uh, Lansing uh, is having a rally. And one of the issues they want to cover is wrongful convictions. Um, there, there's a lot of issues going on. So we ask that people loan their voices to this cause. You know, call, call the local representatives as well. Because for years I've been writing representatives, local representatives and state representatives about this case, but because they, they're afraid of public repercussion. They don't want to get involved. Because it's pertaining to corruption with police. Ain't no doubt about it. Well, I'll tell you yep, what, man. No you got people out here, including myself and uh, Marie and so many others, bro, that we are fighting for the freedom and justice for all involved, you know, for the victims yes, and for the, you know what I'm saying, for those who, who uh, you know, are, are wrongfully convicted of crimes 
you know, and uh, I hope that you definitely get the justice that you deserve, bro. I want you to get your life back, man. Yeah, I, I feel I feel confident, man. I do feel good. I'm in a good place uh, mentally. Um, like I said, I, I have been able to accomplish a lot, turn a negative into a positive, and I'm taking this opportunity to work on myself. And, and again, you don't have to take my word. We have all these documents of what I've accomplished since I've been in prison on the website. Um, and, and it's just to prove that no matter where we at, we can make a change. Um, and, and, and the beauty of it is that at the end of this journey, you could... You have one minute remaining. That shit is real. I don't miss that shit. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I'm telling you. I bet you don't. I bet, I bet you don't. Nobody really miss being time for every call you got to make. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right, so I, listen. Yeah. Are you going to be able I, to I call back? I, I, I won't be able to call back. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I will be. I will be able to call back, bro. Okay, well, we'll be waiting on your call back, bro, because uh, I want to build nope. with you. We want to hear from you. We want to know what we can do to help you, man. Okay, I got you, man. I'm gonna call, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna call, I could call you right back right now, right, bro? Yeah, just let us get all our seconds in, because you know they're going to charge you for them, you know what I'm oh, saying? Hey, hey, no I need all hey, my hey, little no seconds. That's one thing I do remember. <laughs> I'm like, shit, don't hang up till they hang up. <laughs> hey, 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 no, that, that's one thing about it. They, they're going to make sure that they can, squeeze it, they can squeeze it according to the eagle screen. No doubt, man. But you know, you got Johnny Mercado, you got Marty, you got a lot of brothers out here rooting for you, man, praying for you, man. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's a huge blessing, bro, that I'm not, you know, even throughout all these years. Thank you for using Gmail. So, you know, now you see why I call the name of my show Real Everyday People because, you know, these are real things. This is a platform created for anybody and everybody, you know what I'm saying, to be able to come and share these stories. And, you know, this 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 is uh, something that's very real from our communities. This is, you know, uh, you know, people are people, you know, but there has to be accountability. You know, when you're a police officer, you know, when you're a judge, when you're an attorney, when you're a prosecutor, like you have to have some type of moral standards, you know what I'm saying, uh, for humanity, you know, and like, you know, when I went to prison, you know, I, I served my time and I... Hello, this it. is a prepaid call from... Because I know I got what I deserved, you know, a but I made the, the best Michigan of it and that's why I'm here corrected. I am today. Richard A. Hanlon facility. But this if shit is real, though. You know what I'm saying? These are real prison calls, prisoner, man. Real cases. Please contact GTL customer service at 85... We waiting on you, bro. Apologize, everybody. It's a process, though. Even to make a phone call. I'll say this is one example of what he's been doing. Richard A. Hanlon facility. If you feel you're being victimized or exploited by this prisoner... Please contact, contact GTL customer service at 855-466-2832. To accept this call, press zero to refuse this call. Your current balance is $7.78. This call is from a correction facility and is subject to monitoring and recording. Thank you for using GTL. Hello. Wilson, what's up, brother? Hello, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, yeah, we can all hear you. Okay, good. Um, but, but, yeah, so that, that's one thing that I can honestly say, bro, that even throughout this journey, 28 years of incarceration, I have had a good support system. I've had family, my brothers and anybody who stayed there, Marty, like you said, Johnny, 
uh, Marie. I got friends from Saginaw, Carlos and Becca. They've all stayed right there by my side no matter what. And these are the individuals who've been pushing whatever we can. But the fact is that, unfortunately, these are only a handful of individuals. And if anybody has fought for justice, they know that it could be taxing. It could be time-consuming. And so that's why we are asking people to basically join their voices in this struggle. You know, Do you know Javier, big Javi, Javi Perez? Say it again. Do you know Javier, Big Javi, Javi Perez? Yeah, big, yeah, yeah, big Javi from uh, I think he's from Oakland. Yeah, yeah, he uh, yeah, he's on his way home. You know, next month. You know, he, he had life too. He was charged as a juvenile, and uh, he's yeah. getting released next month on there. Next week, I believe. Yeah, see, and that's a beautiful thing because, like you said, you know, these brothers who came down with juveniles, and and finally they getting a chance. And it, it, the beauty of it is that you have. Like, the mass majority of these brothers coming out as juveniles are doing something productive in their life. So that shows you that people can change, you know, that people can actually, even though they've made mistakes in life, if you give them a chance, if you give them an education, if you give them an opportunity to basically improve themselves, they could prove to you that they can do something better with their Brother, life. you and would come home and thrive, bro. Wilson, you would come home and thrive, I'm telling you, bro. You got brothers like uh, Puro, Jose Burgos. He's, you know, stands with Sato. Uh, you got uh, uh, Rick Speck. You got Mario Bueno. You got brothers like me and so many others, Lucy Barra. You know, all these brothers, we all out here, man. We ain't forgot about where we come from. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And, know, that, uh, and that, that's you. That, that's beautiful to be able to put, li listen to the, the way that you just gave that list of brothers who've been through this journey, who come to the streets and, and, and come to prison and the prison system and take it as an opportunity when they're released to do something constructive with their life. And you just talk about Budo, look what the brother's doing. Now that brother, is a beautiful story when you listen to that brother, his journey as well. And Budo is basically no different than you and I. You know, but Budo was given an opportunity. He was blessed with a chance to go out there, and he's capitalizing off of that. The brother sent me some pictures, and he's over in Washington, D.C. at the Mark Anthony uh, uh, concert. Yep, oh, he yep. took a picture. He took a picture in front of the the, uh, the uh, United States Supreme Court building. Yep. Now think about that. You go you go from prison to being standing in front of the United States Supreme Court building. That is a huge accomplishment. And like the brother told me, he said, "I felt like I belonged." Finally, the brother said that he felt like he belonged, like he was in the place where he Absolutely. was intended to be. No and that's doubt about because it. the brother was given a chance. And you know where the transition happened for me is I tell people I could wake up every day as a prisoner and, and live like a prisoner and think like a prisoner. Or I can wake up every day like a student and live my life like I'm in school and I can learn something every day. And once I transitioned from that thinking pattern, bro, that's when I started to thrive in prison and outgrow that environment. And I knew that when I got my opportunity to go home, I was going to be ready, bro. And brothers like you are going to come home and thrive, bro, for real. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that's a... I think that we have to be mindful about it. And like I, I would tell, I'll admit, bro, it hasn't been a, a, an easy journey. You have to understand, bro, I caught this case in 1993. These, these charges were thrown on me in 1993 at a time when my daughter's mother was two and a half months pregnant. I wasn't even present, bro, to see the birth of my child. So do you know the effects that has on a person's mind, their psyche? You know, when, you watch it, when you're watching somebody on TV giving birth, and you always think that, like, man, I didn't get that chance to be able to hold your child in their arms, to be able, like, this is to give them that warmth that a father was supposed to give a child, bro. I have not been a single day out there with my daughter. I love my daughter, bro. That is my heart. And everybody that knows me will tell you that. That is my heart. And, and, and that's the one thing that, that has kept me going for so long. 
but I have been forced to tell time by watching my daughter grow. I'm forced to tell time. In prison, you know how it is. Every day seems the same. But when you look outside, you see people growing. And my daughter's 27 years old and has, a, my, has given me my first beautiful grandchild. And I then know, you sit I there see and the you watch your family die. I've lost my, my paternal grandparents, my maternal grandparents, and my baby, one of my baby sisters. Wow, man. You know, not to count the friends that I've lost throughout the years. And so it, 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 I'm not trying to make the journey lightly. I'm not trying to make it light. But what I am trying to say is that all of this has made me who I am. This is the reason why I continue to fight the way that I fight today. This is the reason why we keep trying to reach out to people so that people in the streets in the world could recognize that you have people in prison who, one, are actually innocent of the crime that they've been charged and convicted of, one. Two, you have people in prison who actually want a second chance at freedom. Absolutely. Three, you have people, you have people that admit that they made mistakes. Again, all these individuals are in here with me. I see these individuals. You've seen them in here. And a lot of the brothers that we talk to and sisters as well have traveled this same road with us. The same thing that we've been through. They've been in, And so that's the one thing about it that I, I, I know that there's a lot of things about abolishing the, the prison system, abolishing the, the police and all that. Listen, again, I don't care what they're talking about doing, but you cannot, you could abolish the police. You could abolish whatever. But at the end of the day, those who have been wrongfully convicted years ago will remain in prison because the error has not been corrected. And these errors have to be corrected. In order for there to be some degree of rehabilitation, some degree of correction within the police departments and all that, you have to correct these errors. You, you know what I can't stand, bro, is people who make the rules break the rules. And there's just no accountability for a prosecutor, or yeah. for a judge, or for officers. And, you know, for us, bro, that was one of the biggest lessons I learned in all life is accountability. Because, you know, when you yeah. in prison, bro, they hold you accountable and responsible for anything and everything that you do. Whether you knew it or not, whether you know right from wrong or not, you're going to be held accountable for it. But they have a different standard for us than they have for themselves. You know what I'm saying? And I believe that if judges were starting to... Um, be held accountable for for you know their their behavior and and the way that they just sentence people and and uh, you know just just prosecutors attorneys like you know you playing games with people's lives you know what I'm saying like no how doubt. do you sleep at no night doubt. how do you sleep at you know what I'm saying like knowing that yeah. you lied that you know everything is just business as usual that's not how that goes man you affecting people's lives you know what I'm saying. And, and, and a lot of times they don't take this into consideration. All they are, they're, they're purpose-driven. They want to advance their careers, you know, and so they, they don't care who they step into. Here's the, here's, the, here's the worst part about it, if you actually dissect the issue, that they sit here, you convict me, you wrongfully convict me of some vindictiveness, right? But you don't take into consideration the fact that you remove me from my child's life, from my family's life. You cut short whatever things that I could have done with my child, my children, all that. You cut that short on some vindictiveness. Now, here's, and, and I'm completely in agreement with you. Accountability must be a priority because, like you said, in here, you're held accountable for everything. If you go to the bathroom, if you don't ask to go to the bathroom and you go to the bathroom, you're held accountable. If you go to the mess hall to eat without permission, you're held accountable. If you're late for anything, you're held accountable, and they hold you accountable by writing you a major misconduct that the parole board could use against you and extend your prison, uh, a prison sentence. So you are 100% correct, and that is another thing that the people must understand. 
you know, that hold people accountable. You hold me accountable. If I do something in error, you're going to hold me accountable. But also, let's not be hypocritical about the situation. Let's hold both parties accountable. If you're going to hold me accountable, listen, hold the DPD accountable for what they've done. Hold the DPD. How the heck think about this, man? In 2003, 2002, 2003, the DPD, the feds did a federal indictment. They indicted 17 officers. 12 of those officers that were indicted worked at the 4th Precinct, one of the small precincts in Detroit. Robocop, right? Wasn't he one of them? That was 12 officers out of 17 were indicted from the DPD. The, the 4th Precinct, again, this is the same precinct where the officers involved in my case worked at. The 4th Precinct has been in, under investigation since the 1960s. Since the 1960s. They've been investigating the 4th Precinct. You know, they, 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 one of the major uh, uh, factors of the investigation on the 4th Precinct came from the, uh, uh, the, the Wayne, Wayne County. They wanted to know why was the 4th Precinct spending so much money, right, and find out that what they were doing was they were settling lawsuits from, from, uh, from when they were beating people down, from when they were falsely arresting people. Wow. We can't be blind to what's going on. Listen, we could, work, we could talk about George Floyd. Michael Brown and everything. I'm in agreement with you. I got you on that. But let's not, we don't have to look too far. We can look right on our backyard. We can pinpoint to exactly what's going on in our backyard. Southwest Detroit has been a hub of police corruption for decades. And you're telling me that we, we're going to look somewhere else and we're not going to correct what's going on in our backyards? Tell me what if all, you, tell me what all you have up. in your favor, bro. What all is in your favor for you? I can say it again, but I didn't hear you. I want to know what all do you have in your favor, and what is it, what are the pieces that you need? Are you talking about in my case? Yes, in your case. So we, in, in 2016, my private investigator, again, remember I said they had one witness against me at my trial. He testified that I told him I was going to commit the crime, right? Now, here I am. I'm telling you, I said, this guy's lying. For decades, for, for 28 years, I've been saying this guy's lying. When I went for my sentencing, I told the judge, the DPD is lying against me. That's false evidence. So this guy said that he didn't receive no benefits from the DPD for his perjured testimony. They coerced him into lying against me. Come to find out in 2016, we obtained a, a copy of his probation record and find out that this guy was on, on a four-year probation that was supposed to be co uh, completed in 1996. Mind you, this case happened in 1993. So he was, he was put in probation in 1992. In 1993, on the exact same day that I was sent over for trial, way over for trial, his probation was discontinued. Wow. Now, here's Man. the question. This guy was arrested with multiple weapons, cocaine, marijuana, and was on probation. And do you know that there's no record of any of these charges against this guy? And he said that he received no deals. The prosecutor for Wayne County said he received no deals. What happened to those charges? From where I come from... If you're on probation and you get arrested with multiple weapons, not just one, multiple weapons, cocaine and marijuana, they slam you. You are through. You are so, done. Yeah, so we, you got so we one weapon those, on you, you're done. Say it again. Yeah, so we obtained that record. We also, in 2017, finally, I was able to get a copy of my co-defendant's trial testimony, find out that the, one of the prosecutor's witnesses at that trial testified, and he admitted he plainly admitted in front of the judge, in front of the jury, that he lied at the preliminary examination, that he said he got caught with one gun, a 357, and that when he was at homicide, that they told him, listen, 
you lie, you say what we want you to say, you sign this, this statement here, we will not charge you with this weapon and we will not violate your probation. So he basically broke down and just, he admitted to this. So when the judge asked him, who told you this? He blatantly pointed at the officer in charge of the case, the lead detective in my case. The lead detective, now here's the thing about it. Jump forward a couple of months to my trial, the prosecutor failed to produce this witness in my trial. The who was same your prosecutor? Who, who, huh? who was your prosecutor? Lisa Lindsay. Okay. Lisa Lindsay. So he, he, the, when the judge asked who told you, who, prom who made you these promises, he pointed to the officer in charge of the case at my co-defendant's trial. When it came time for my trial, the officer in charge didn't even show up, bro. The officer in charge is the person who collects evidence, talks to the witnesses, wow. and preps everything for trial, and then testifies to the, to the chain of events that took place, how she gathered all Definitely. this. In my Definitely. case, she went on vacation. What? How the heck? Oh, man, how do you go exactly? Crazy. How do you go on vacation? You're the lead when you officer. Know, you're the detective. officer in charge of the case. You're the one that came up with all the evidence and everything, and you on vacation during. Uh, that's crazy, bro. It's, it's, yeah, it's, and so, bro. So there's again. But listen, do you have any legal any, ground to stand any, on? On like, is there any legal ground though to their to their uh you know mishandling? You know, is there anything like in your favor or? Is will could this, this work for you by law? This, yeah, all of this is in my favor because a lot of these documents I did not have at that time. So all of this document finally, after so many years of trying to get it, we are finally. You have one minute remaining. So we're able to bring these documents forth as newly discovered evidence, proving the corruption and proving the the the, the my actual innocence, the wrongful commission, my actual innocence. And so listen, so I know they just told us we got one minute again, bro. Before I hang up, I want to thank you. I want to thank your, your, your listening audience for everything, uh, for paying attention to what's going on right now. And I ask, please, go to the website, freewilsonriver.com. You will actually see these documents. You will actually see these documents. And, I, again, join your voices with ours, man, because we need this. And not just for me, because there's more than just one person that's wrongfully convicted still within the prison system. And I want to thank everybody for everything, bro. You hear me? No doubt about it, man. Much love to you, man. Sending a big hug for you, man. Keep your head up, man. And we out here, bro. We represent. We praying for you. And uh, we want to see you home, bro. So we're going to do our part. All right, my brother. You got to be easy out there, man, and, and protect yourself from this COVID thing that's going on because that ain't no joke. I already know, man. I know you guys been catching the flux in there with that COVID right, shit too, bro. Thank you for using GTL. Well, I hope that, um, you know, you guys got a little bit of insight pertaining to this case. Um, you know, there's there's always some type of corruption, you know. It's, it's unfortunate. It's sad. Um, one thing that I built in my character uh, while I was in prison was uh, the concept of integrity. You know, accountability will teach you integrity. And um, when, you know, when you're... When you're a public figure or if you're in a person that takes an oath to being an officer to serve and to protect, um, it is your duty to uphold the standards of integrity. And, um, you know, nobody is perfect. I understand that we all human beings, you know, but at the end of the day, man, right your wrongs. Just like I've had to right my wrongs, you know, I deserve the time that I got. Somebody lost life, you know what I mean? So, but I, I but his death, Michael Connor's death was not in vain. 
You know, I made these changes in my life because that was part of my purpose. But also part of my purpose is that this young man's death was not in vain. And that's why I live the way that I live. I live righteously, you know. So I'm just asking if you're related to these officers or detectives or anybody that was involved in this case, if nothing else, man, if you, you know, you are any have any type of humanity in you, you know what I'm saying? Like, hold yourself accountable, man. Right your wrongs, you know, because, um, you know, that brother deserves a second chance. And he will come out here and thrive and be a pillar in this community, just like so many other brothers have, including myself. So you've been you've been advocating for this brother. What's that journey and that mission been like for you? Well, over the last year and a half, I've learned a lot. I'll say that. Not so much. I mean, we all. I've I've always known he was innocent. I mean, word on the street has always been he. Everybody knows he's innocent. Like, mm-hmm. no, everybody's like, you know, it, it's common knowledge. Um, but I've learned a lot about uh, about how close, you know, he is to to freedom and the legal reasons why. I, I, I was at a point where I was just thought, well, he got life without parole, so he's never getting out. Um, and finally, the truth's starting to come out about this corruption. And so it's it's been busy. It's emotional. There's emotional highs and lows, and and you know it's a lot. It, it's definitely a lot. But I'm thankful to be a part of it because I am learning about how many people it affected. It's like you said, people have the attitude, "Oh, there's everybody in prison is innocent." No, none of these people are asking anyone to just take their word for it. They all have evidence. Hey, what's up, caller? What's your name? Hey, Carl, can you hear us? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm patiently waiting. Don't worry. What's up, brother? What's going on with you? Caller. Yeah, how you doing? What's happening, bro? What's going on with you? This Pat What's Bates. Up, this Pat? What's yeah, up, this boy? Pat Bates, man. How I know Pat doing, Bates when I hear him. What's happening with you, bro? What's going on? I know you got a little uh, investment in, in uh, Wilson Rivera's case as well, man. I know you've been invested well, in it. I, I just got a lot of I just got a lot of love invested in this case. I just really wanted to uh, speak on behalf of him and give him more evidence why they should free why they should free uh, Wilson Rivera. Come on with it. You know what I'm saying? Well, first of all, Wilson Rivera. First of all, the man is completely innocent. And what blows my mind is how he maintained that innocence even while he was in prison. I'm talking about just as a human being. I ain't talking about it as far as this case goes. Wilson Rivera, like, he, he, he mentored a lot of people, and he, he uplifted the whole community in it. Because as being, you know, the prison is a, is a whole other community. That's how they say a world inside of a world. But people like Wilson Rivera, and namely Wilson Rivera, has uplifted a whole community, man. While being wrongfully convicted of a crime, he didn't convict. And like I'm, I'm really, I'm really, that my heart is really invested in the, uh, Wilson Rivera and, Absolutely, whole case and the whole movement to free that man. Yeah, no doubt, because you know a, a lot of brothers that are doing time uh, for the crimes that they didn't do, they grow with resentment. You know what I'm saying? And uh, right, I mean, and this brother, ahead, he, he invested in himself, you know, and invested in others. Still, you know, breathing exactly. life. Exactly. Not only did he make himself what he is, the man the man invested in other people like me. Exactly, bro. That's exactly what I'm saying, bro. 
that's, it's just it's just it just breaks my heart to see him in there like that. You know what I'm saying? And and like you said, he invested in himself and 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 like everybody else, man. And how did we got in trouble while we was inside there, bro? You know what I'm saying? We like a lot of us became different, bro. Like sometimes like it creates it, it creates you know makes people better. But it makes people worse at the same time too. So you ain't really coming out the same way. You know what I'm saying? Will Rivera, like what, really what prison were you at with him, bro? I mean? You did time with Wilson Rivera. Yeah, I did a lot. I did time with like. What I'm joint honest, were you guys Wilson at? Rivera was a huge was a huge mentor while I was inside of there. To me, you know what I'm saying? Being like a young impressionable, you know what I'm saying? Young impressionable kid while I was in there. You know what I'm saying? So. Um, I could have, you know, I, I went the wrong way a lot in there. But when I took Wilson, not only did he tell me not to do certain things, he he, he lived by that by example though, and still stood strong as a man. You know what I mean? Yeah, There's no a difference between staying out the way and cowering, and you know what I mean. But it's it's mm. also a way to stay out the way and not be all involved in any nonsense and still be and still stand up like a man, stand tall. That's what he used to always tell me, like I'm standing tall. <laughs> no doubt about it, baby. As we all have. But listen, I'm sorry, man. What'd you say? I said yes, as we all have. For sure, for sure. But listen, man, I, sure. th- I I I appreciate you calling in. Is there anything else you want to share with us? Nothing, man. Like I said, I just want to say, man, y'all just tap into that website. Please click on that link, man, and share that. And you know what I'm saying? Free Wilson Rivera, man. Much love, bro. For sure. Y'all be safe. Yeah. So we always appreciate, you know, people who participate to call in, check in. Like I said, if you have comments, you have questions, you got concerns, you know, always feel free to call in, man. You know, this is how we grow. This is how we obtain knowledge and understanding is by asking questions. You know, this is how we start healing. You know, this is how we start breaking the chains of trauma, you know, and this is how we start healing our households and then start healing our communities. You know, yeah. and, uh, you know, having, you know, having strong women like Marie, know. you know, who, who are raising a family and still finds time and space to help a brother who's fighting for his life, you know, and uh, I know that can't be easy, man, but, but I salute you for sure. Call back, caller, call back. But, um. I mean, so I know it's had a, a journey. I know you've had to probably do some research. And, you know, a lot of times when we call from, from prison, it's like people get tired because they're like, every time you call, you need something. You're asking me to do something, research, you, call somebody, and, and look you know something what, up. You know what? I've known a lot of people in prison from childhood on up. I can tell you, just like the things that that, that dude that just called in was talking about him, he has never asked me for anything. Wilson has never, and the first time I ever did anything for him, helped him out in any way, like as far as like, you know, putting money on the phone, anything like that, Mm -hmm. he was hesitant. It made him uncomfortable. He doesn't ask people for He's not calling to ask. I don't have to go, oh, here he is again calling. You don't dread that phone call like he wants money. He wants commissary. He wants a secure bag. He wants to talk to somebody. He is the most positive human being I know, like, period. None of that. So we got another caller. Okay, let's hear from this caller. 
But yeah, man, you know, I salute you and so many other brothers that I know that got females, whether they're, you know, partners or just friends, you know what I'm saying? Like, people have gone to bat. Hello? Hey, what's up, caller? Hey, what's going on, bro? This is Pudo. Pudo, what's going on with you, brother? How you doing? I'm doing great, man. I just wanted—I was just calling in, man, just to you know, thank you and Marie, man, for for highlighting uh, Wilson's case right there, bro. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the brother definitely deserves a second chance. Um, you know, he's been fighting all these years, man. And I think you know it's that time, man, for him to come home. So I'm I'm just very happy to see that his case is, you know, what I'm saying, getting that the publicity that it deserves. Um, that he's actually, you know, what I'm saying, being able to to speak for himself. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a good thing. Um, one thing I want to, you know, let your your listeners know. On October 14th, there is going to be um, a real big criminal justice reform rally in Lansing. So I, you know, I invite anybody to come out there and support um, support Wilson, support all the other initiatives that, that are going to be taking place on that day. And I actually, um, it would be cool, I think, if if uh, if uh, your your podcast, maybe you guys can do a podcast right from up there, and maybe even have Wilson call in on that same day during the rally. Um, so that's just, uh, you know, hey, a man, you already you. know, bro. Um, but well, I'm real thankful, real... man, that, uh, that bro's getting, uh, you know, his, his voice is being heard. Ain't no doubt about it, man. I would, I would be honored to be able to be a part of that and help him out, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, whatever we got to do, bro. No doubt. And, no doubt. and listen, I wanna, man, I, chance, I, 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 I salute you, bro. Okay. I salute you, man, for, you know, for taking care of your business and, and still, you know, just um, being positive, being strong. You know, being a pillar in this community, bro, and continuing on with your work, bro, and and helping brothers like Wilson Rivera, and you know, and and we built our own community of returning citizens out here, and we all building, you know what I'm saying, ourselves, and we're building with each other, and um, you know, I just no love, I love the direction that we all headed in, man. No doubt, no doubt, and and just to mention too, you you mentioned uh, Big Hog, Dave Hog was actually coming home tomorrow morning. I know, man. I can't wait, at, uh, man. Good for him. So I'm, I'm very happy um, to, uh, you know what I'm saying, that he's coming out. I, 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 I was working with him prior uh, to him getting resentenced, so I'm glad that, that all that went through for him. So I'm actually going to go see him on uh, Wednesday. Um, so, yeah, I'm just happy for him, happy for us like Wilson, man. Just happy for all of us, man, who are out here uh, doing the work that we're doing, man. It's very important that uh, that we set, you know what I'm saying, we, we, that we set ourselves as, as an example, you know what I'm saying, for those that – are coming behind us. Um, Budo, you know, how much time did you serve? I did 27. I did 27. 27 years, uh, I had bro. the pleasure of, uh, of meeting uh, uh, Wilson in there. I, I knew about him before I went to prison, but I actually met him, you know, while I was in prison, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, he's he, he done such an amazing job, man, for himself there, man. Even, you know, you know just imagine, bro, doing 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 a life sentence for something that you didn't do, you know what I'm saying? And in spite of that, he's been able to accomplish so much, you know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, it says a lot about a, 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 a lot about him and, and his character and the type of person that he is. You know what I'm saying? And um, brother Pat just called in. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you know, uh, commending the, the brother as well as far as him being a mentor. And I was I was able to witness that myself. You know what I'm saying? The brother, you know, in there, you know, helping out the Latino community. You know what I'm saying? He was, you know, he was, he was, you know, even though he was going through what he was going through and fighting his case, man, he was still, you know, he was always uh, there to, to to lend an ear. I mean, me and that brother, man, we. We took many laps. You know how those laps are, man. We took many laps, man. Just conversating, man, and building. So I'm just really, like I said, uh, oh yeah, just building, man. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, he calls me on a regular basis. You know what I'm saying? I'm always, you know, encouraging him, man, to keep on moving, keep on going forward, man. Because, you know, I do believe that at some point, man, the truth will come out, and, and the brother will get his uh, his day in court. 
Yeah, no doubt about it, man. And uh, like I said, man, I salute you. I know you're doing your thing with Sato over there. Uh, let's get together, man. Let's put something in motion, man. And, and uh, send me the details to that invite, bro. You know, I want to definitely march I will. with you I and will. Uh, post up. Me and yeah, Jose okay. will come down there and run the podcast and everything. You hear me? Absolutely, absolutely. I'll get in touch with the coordinators of the program. I I, I plan on speaking at that uh, at, at that rally as well, but I'll get My in touch with the uh, coordinators. And uh, I'll, uh, you know, we'll, 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 I'll link you up with them, and then we can, we can go ahead and figure out uh, how to how to touch this up. Much love, bro. I got another caller on the line, Pudo, man. I'll see you All soon, right. man. Much, Much love, love, bro. Peace out, man. Thanks a lot, Marie. Salute, for bro. Thank you. All right, then. Bye-bye. Caller, who am I talking to? Caller, call back. But, um... Yeah, I just, I know, I know, like, you know, so many brothers, man, who have had, you know, a strong support system, a woman, you Hello. know what I'm saying, that's been in their corner. Hello, caller, who am I talking to? Lopez. What's up, brother? What's going on with you? Hey, I'm, ain't nothing, man. I'm calling on behalf of Wilson Rivera. My man. Talk to me. What's up, brother? What's going on with you? Hey, this is Brother Lopez Hill. On behalf of uh, Wilson Rivera. Yup, talk to me. Man. Hey, he was he was my bunkie. He was my bunkie inside. I did 21 and a half. Oh, yeah. Where were you we've guys at couple, together? We've been to a couple places together. That brother there has always been a positive influence on me and a lot of other young brothers. I got you know, chills on me right now, bro. You know, that's because that's, that's, that's a good brother, solid brother. He's yeah, He was a positive influence. He's a great guy, man. That's dope, man. We're trying to get him home, bro, so he can be a pillar out here and he can bring all that power he got so he can share it with us and our community and help build us, you know, and, and all of us together building new standards, new expectations, new goals, new missions, new priorities, you know what I'm saying, for our communities, bro, you know, for our people, for our families, and especially for ourselves, man, you know what I'm saying? We got purpose, bro. You know, no doubt that brother that that is one beautiful brother. I love him like my natural brother. You know, we're real close. I said I send my wife up there to visit him. Everything he calls me all the time. Calls the wifey. You know, we do anything we can to help him out. You know, and uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Marie because she be doing a lot for my bro. Hey, and everybody this is that's Car helping, is this helping Carlos? with his case. Carlos? I want to thank everybody. Can you hear me? Yeah. This is Carlos as in Becca and Carlos? Yep. Oh, I was going to shout Becca and you out before this was over for sure. I'm glad you called in. <laughs> Listen, Becca and Carlos, I never even met them in person yet, but these two, when I say they do everything they can for Wilson, I'm talking about everything they can. He shows up at rallies, drives around. They got a bunch of little boys at home, and Becca built the website herself that we're shouting out here. She updates it. She reached out to the college and got his transcripts to put on there and his degree. And, you know, she maintains his Facebook pages. And, I mean, listen, and she just quietly in the background does it. But every time I get a chance to shout out Becca, I'm going to shout out Becca. I love her without even knowing her. And I, I appreciate both of you guys so, so much. 
I mean, I, 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 can't, I can't tell you enough. We need him out here. We need him out here. He's a good, positive influence, and I know he's going to do great in the community when he gets out here. We just got to get him here. No doubt about it, man. So with prayers, work, and effort, baby, we're going to make it happen. But I appreciate you calling in, man. Much love to you and yours, bro. You too, brother. Y'all take care. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing, too, brother. Thank you, bro. No doubt about it, baby. All right. Peace. You know, it's, um, you know, it's very honorable, you know, to hear people calling in, you know, just to share, you know, the, the admirable love and respect and acknowledgement that this brother deserves. You know what I mean? And um, that brother got so much light in him, so much knowledge, so much discipline. You know, he lives by higher standards than most people who have taken oaths to standards that they don't even live up to. So, you know, I hope that, you know, he gets the justice he deserves and uh, he finds his way home so he can, you know, continue on with this journey. And um, I wish you well, you know, on this on this journey too. And um, I think it's um, I think it's great because you said, you know, like you said, when you get his phone calls, you don't feel, you know, like, you know, any resentment or any. He you uplifts know. me. Talking just like all those people were saying. He uplifts me. No doubt about it. Yep. Some of the most uh, uh, inspirational people that I've known and even became myself was in in prison you know uh caller what's your name caller you on yeah i'm on can you hear me what's up brother who am i speaking to this is julio julio what's going on brother talk to me not much how are you today Oh, man, I'm blessed, bro. I'm blessed. I'm putting in work and, uh, you know, just doing my part and fulfilling my purpose, bro. That That's cool, man. Hey, let me let me say a shout out real quick to Marie, man. I, I appreciate her for what, what, what she's doing for my brother, man. That's actually my brother, brother. Yeah, I just told him who you were. I heard you heard your voice and you said your name, but you don't have I mean, you know, I appreciate that, but you don't have to thank me. You know I love him. You know I always have. And anything that I could do is my pleasure, Julio. Julio, mi hermano, ¿qué te pasa? Julio, you can still on? Can you hear me? Can you hear us? Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep, yep. All right, well, hey, man, listen, man, I appreciate You know, I just want to... Call in. I, I I heard the podcast, man. I appreciate you uh, shedding some light on my, on my brother's case, and and uh, for your listeners to you know to to listen and to hear what's going on and his story and 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 what has happened to him throughout the years and, and things of that nature. Getting you know railroaded by the cops and obviously all the stuff that has gone on throughout the years. But so how uh, how have I you and your you family giving him the opportunity to to speak and and, and shed light on his case and and try to bring my brother home and it's been one too many years that he's been incarcerated and um it's it's, just, it's time man it's time for him to come out here and enjoy his last years of his life with his 10 15 20 years god willing however long god's gonna let him live but it's time for him to come home and enjoy his rest of the his rest of of his years you know 
Man, no doubt about it, man. Listen, I'm sending a big hug for you and your family, bro. Our prayers are with Wilson, man. And like I said, we're going to put in our work as well, man, and hopefully get that brother home sooner than later. For sure, man. And, and, and like I said, I appreciate, I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, put, giving us the time to, to uh, put, put, put his case out there and having, having your listeners listen to what's going on and things of that, things of that nature. So it goes a long way, man. It goes a long way. Are you his older brother? I'm 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 the oldest one in the family. He's a year younger than me. He's the second oldest. So I'm I'm one year older than him. Okay. Well, um you know what what has that journey been like, man? You know? It, you know, it's 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 been a struggle, you know. It's it's been a struggle, you know, being raised in Southwest Detroit, you know, being raised by one parent, you know, by basically we were raised by our by our mom, you know. My mom had a fulfill both shoes being the mother and the father in, in, the, in the household and uh you know it's it's hard it's been hard because you know my mom had to raise three boys by herself you know we were we were three brothers one sister um and she had to raise us all by herself and unfortunately you know we all took the wrong turn in life well not all but myself and and wilson we took a long a, a, a wrong turn in life you know i i was incarcerated for you know some times of my of my life i was incarcerated and and uh you know, I, I had to make a change, you know, and the, the change had to come within myself and I had to come home and work and bust my butt. And now I'm a family guy, married kids and, and, and live in Florida. So, you know, it's, it was a, it was a struggle in life, but you know, my mom, she's my hero. You know, I, I, there's no mother like, like my mom, you know, Shout I, out to I'm, your I'm mom. like, I go back like to a Tupac song, you know. Ain't no mama like my mama. You Ain't know? no doubt, man. Shout out it's, to uh, your mom and you know, all of our were moms. Well, her fulfilling both shoes. It was a struggle, but you know, she was she's the hero of my life, and she did what she could, and we we had to learn in life. So, but you know, with the justice of my brother, you know, at least I can say, you know, hey, you know, I I got caught, I did what I did, and I had to learn, you know. But my brother, my brother was totally different, you know. He just. He still got railroaded from the beginning, you know, just because the cops were out there for him, and and they, you know, they, he was in the shootout and did what he did, and they were out to say, you know what, we're gonna lock him up, and unfortunately, that's what they did, you know. So, well, I'll tell you what, man. Like I said, bro, our prayers and and our work and efforts, bro. Um, you know, I, I, I want to watch them manifest, you know, so this brother can come home and reunite with you and the rest of his family, his daughter and his grandchild as he deserves to, man. You know, at this point, I, I, I think the most important thing I, is just him getting home. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I tell him, I'm like, I'll be damning, you know, I live out here. And and, and 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 he's got a, a higher degree than I do, and I and I, li- I live out in the streets. He's just he's way too smart, way smarter than I am. I'm like, what the hell? How does this thing work out? You know? Yeah, so, you know, like they say, life is what you make it, man. That goes for every aspect of life, man. You are what you want to be, you know. And for uh, sure. and he turned him to se- himself into a into a mental giant, and uh, he walks his earth like a giant. Yeah, no, he, you know, like. You know, I'm the oldest brother, but he was at times like my older brother. You know, he 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 will protect me. You know, and it's not like I needed nobody to protect me. I'm, I'm a grown, you know, I'm older than him. I always felt like, hey, I could I could, you know, protect myself. But no matter what, he was I was out there to, you know, uh, 
had my back no matter what the situation was and, and, and attacked me, that meant, no matter what it was, what right or wrong, I'm the best brother regardless of the situation, you know, and so. Oh, that, def- you know, that brother's just, definitely loyal. And I, for for him, it's just it's time for him and for him to come home and enjoy his life with his daughter and granddaughter and you know mm-hmm. us as a family. And like he mentioned, you know, he's lost grandparents and and we're talking about a man that is innocent. That though. We lost our grandparents, we-, we lost our sister, and things like that. And just you know, time you know, the years are just dwindling down. And it's just time for him for him to come home. I know, man. Well. um... Like I said, bro, I, I'm looking forward to seeing them sooner than later, bro. I appreciate you calling in, man. Much love to you and we, yours. I, we, we appreciate you, man, and, and thanks for uh, thanks for, for shedding some light on my brother's case, man, and thanks to your listeners. We appreciate that. No doubt about it, man. Much love to you, man. Much love, bro. Yep. Take, take care. Well, I definitely appreciate everybody's calls, everybody's comments. As you guys can see, those who are watching, those who are listening, you know, what kind of man that we're talking about. And uh, more so than anything, regardless of what he did in his young juvenile life, he's innocent of killing two people. And he's been spending 28 years of his life, you know, paying for something that he didn't do, which is not right. And uh, we got we to gotta make sure that um, that somebody gets it right. One thing people tend to forget in these wrongful convictions, there's a lot of them. They're estimating a 20% of the people in prison are actually innocent. Um, and you forget when they convict the wrong person, this case for two murders, the people who actually killed these people are still out there. Who else are they killing? That's yeah. the part that people who don't, so we're from the hood. We understand the whole how you end up incarcerated and all that. We don't judge people like that, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you've been there, you don't. But the general public will look at it like uh, differently. But, but they don't take the time and we're trying to, you know, ju- not just myself, but all the other people that I've met in this journey fighting against wrongful convictions. They don't, the people that are listening often don't take into consideration the fact that if you, <clears throat> you convict the wrong person, the actual killer is still out there. Who else is he going to hurt? Well, what if it's, um, you know, what if it's Sally's daughter? <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like that, absolutely. that makes people think about it more because, you know, it's not as simple as, oh, well, you know, mistakes happen. Somebody accidentally got convicted of the wrong crime. It ain't that simple. I appreciate you bringing me a T-shirt. And, uh, you know, I got you the privilege. You're going to sign the wall on behalf of you and for right. Wilson Rivera. If you are guests, you know, that's one of the things we like to do here. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in and, uh, you know, continue to watch, share, subscribe, and please share, share, share. Thank you. And we're going to move over here and let her sign this wall. This has been an episode of Real Everyday People, part of the El Nino Podcast. Check out the El Nino Podcast live on Facebook every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And for full episodes, the El Nino Podcast is available on Facebook and YouTube.